Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. Welcome to episode four, Working From Home. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm fine today. How are you, Misty? I'm doing really good. It's a nice, warm day here in Jersey. Yes, same, same here in Texas. I think we're at 105 today. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, frying some eggs outside. Yes. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to our topic because I think a lot of people are working from home. Absolutely. I just heard that I believe Google and Facebook and some more local Texas companies have extended working from home through July 2021. Oh. Yes. So for the next year, at least for a lot of people. All right. Well, I hope those people are tuning in um, because we're going to make some really good points about just some things that have helped us, some things that have helped colleagues, some things we've read, um, just experience along the way. So I think the first point of topic is all around setting expectations and boundaries, right? Yes. It's, there's a lot, there's, there could be a lot of people in your house. There could be a lot of people doing many different things, um, working, going to school. And I think you kind of got to have a team meeting and get on the same page and get some boundaries set. Yeah, I think that's one of the gifts, right, of going to work is that you're just there to work. And it's this environment that's totally conducive to little distraction, at least less than you have at home. And you have all your tools there. You have your great internet connection and your systems. And yeah, I think expectations and having that conversation with people at home, if you have people at home, is crucial to making it a success. My husband is in the military. And when the pandemic started, you know, he's never worked from home. I was a sales rep for 15 years. So it was not uncommon for me to be at home on a Friday or an afternoon doing POs or something like that when I wasn't with a customer. So I'd always kind of known how to juggle that a little bit, but not a Marine (laughs) and not the Marines he worked with. And so the first day, just setting up the Wi-Fi and where the cords go and the girls saw it as this new alien bubble that these laptops were out. So I kind of told him one day, I said, I think you've got to like, you know, claim a space and a time where we're kind of, this is where you at, where you're at. And he claimed the side of one of the, one side of the couch and that's his spot. But that's like his boundary. And I think even my little kids know if daddy's sitting in that spot with his laptop out, and especially if he's on the phone, we don't bother him. But those were expectations that had to be set. Yes. And what happens when you don't set that expectation and have the conversation is annoyance, right? And you say sharp things that you wish you could take back, right? Like my husband worked from home for about a month. He doesn't anymore. But I have an office. I'm 
so lucky. I love my office at home. And he sort of had this expectation that he could just use my office while he was working from home. Ooh. I was like, well, I need my office and I might have a conference call or a meeting at the same time you think you're going to use my office. And so it's a simple conversation of, yeah, totally, you can use my space, but can we talk about the schedule of the day so that I can reposition myself elsewhere if I need to? And it's hard when both are working from home if you have a significant other. Um, it was it was better for us once he went back to work, once we weren't together 24-7 anymore. So I feel for people that have um, both people at home trying to work professional jobs. It's a lot. Yeah. And what about those people that also have two professional jobs working from home, but then also both their kids are doing distance learning, Right. you know? There's so much on so many people's plates. And I, I just always really believed in like talking about everything as a family, kind of being on the same page. And I think this is one of the times in life where everyone's got to be on the same page because you're with each other all the time. And annoyances are going to run high. People's little peccadillies are going to get on your nerves. And so I think by kind of just coming together and having like a family meeting or just setting some expectations will help your family and your work life tremendously. Yes. And I think if you've got littles, obviously it takes reminding and reminding and reminding, but kids thrive on routine and they will pick it up. They will. And you know, we're only a week into homeschooling and my kids have already like jumped on the gravy train and they know what's going on. So just remember that everyone needs boundaries. And that includes our families and that includes us. So, yes. Yeah. And don't you work so much better when you know, like I've got noon to four to work today and husband knows kids know that this is Misty's work time. This is when mom is working instead of having this sort of haphazard full day, which I know sometimes is avoidable, but I work so much better if I'm like, all right, three hours of desk time, let's knock it out. And so I think scheduling yourself that way too, whether you're just scheduling your own self or you're scheduling in tandem with kids and, and other family members is really important. Um, my business partner in our yoga studio a couple of years ago taught me the wisdom of time blocking. And I think time blocking is so important right now. And, and you're so right that, that the routine helps. I mean, even if the kids at first are resisting they will eventually, after you remind them over and over and over, they'll, they'll get on board. They're not going to not get on board. Even if yeah. they're complaining at first and forgetting, it's when we remember to practice our, our own mindfulness practice, we can stay patient and calm and just help them into that transition, which deeply helps us too. Yes, I agree. Um, like most people, we're going through a lot of transition with school stuff right now and my husband going back to work full time and me being with him or being here all the time. But I also have a company and a podcast and I'm a yoga teacher. I have other things that I would like to do myself. And I haven't exactly had the bandwidth to support anything outside of homeschool because I was so focused on that. But even after having one week behind us, and seeing what good a routine can be and setting boundaries and expectations because they know all of their school expectations now um, 
has given me a little hope in my head that I can focus on those things in work, Misty Mode, that fulfill me in a different way. And I know now I have like, I'm not ready yet, (laughs) but I have like a little glimpse of, oh yeah, that's where I can fit that time or that's where I can make it work. So. Yes. Yes. I mean, it sounds like for you, boundaries actually create time. Yes. Right. That's actually a great way to put it. Boundaries create time. And so there's a little effort in putting the boundary in place, of course, but the, what it opens up is priceless. It's so worth it. We could say that about many things. Oh, I know. (laughs) But that's actually a good point. Um, I recently read that people who are overachievers, so the go-getters, the sales reps out there, those people, when they're given a little bit of extra time, they will go the extra mile and fill that little spot with work. And so right now, if you think about it, you used to have to, I mean, used to have, sorry, you used to have to drive in this huge long commute, like if you're in Dallas-Fort Worth, you know, to get to work. And now it's that hour to two hours of your commute is suddenly back at home. So most of those people are filling that commute time with more work when, and this was just like such an aha for me, what if we took that commute time and we focused it more on ourselves and our well-being? So instead of that hour that you drive that you now have back at the front end of your day, why not go for a walk? Why not, you know, learn meditation or, you know, go for a run or just sit outside? Anything that would promote a healthy well-being. And I was just like, that is such a great suggestion. It's so good. I mean, it sounds so obvious, but it's obviously not because we all want to fill that time being productive. I mean, I don't know if anybody's immune to this, but we find so much worth, self-worth from our job or our productivity or creating. And to have a little extra time for, I'm going to guess most people is pretty weird. It's a pretty weird feeling to have space in a day. So I think that's great. I mean, instead of automatically filling the time, can you take up a morning walk for a couple of hours? Or can you commit that you're going to cook an extra meal per week? You know, there's all these things that we're getting to do now that some of us didn't have time to do before, like exercising and cooking. And so I think that's something really, really important to consciously remember and consciously be aware of. Like, Am I just getting on my work email at 6.30 a.m. because I'm addicted to my email and I feel good when I get on my email and people think I'm working so hard? Or can I just wait until 8.30 and instead take care of myself for once that I finally have the time to do it? Yeah. And 8.30 is probably when you would have got to work and when you would have started those actions. Otherwise, you would be driving your car or in a you know, on the train or wherever, however you get to work, but you're not doing work, you're getting there. And so taking that time back, it feels like I told my husband, I was, when we were talking about, you know, his drive, it's like 45 minutes. And he, when he was staying home, I mean, we're, he was, we're saving a lot of gas. And I never once during that time thought to think about why can't you use that time that you're not driving and 
do something for yourself. He did fill that time with a lot of things, but not exactly those commute times. And I think that's what's important about this. The commute times is when you're early in the evening or you're af- or early in the morning or after work. And so if you could do all of that stuff before work for yourself, think about how much more productive your day would be. I know when I go for a walk or a run before my day starts, it's, it's like a, a noticeable difference in my day. It changes everything, doesn't it? Yeah. The mornings I, I move my body, it absolutely changes my day. Absolutely. And I think that is a strong boundary of, of repurposing that commute time because nobody is going to create that boundary for you. And your job will take as much as you're willing to give. And so it's, it's a new habit of saying, this is when I'm going to start working. Of course, outside of major catastrophes that happen at work and, you know, big things that can't wait, but it's a boundary that for ourselves in this day and age, we have to create because there might be a few bosses out there who, who create that boundary for you, but most of them don't. One last thing that I know both you and I find super helpful is physically getting ready for the day. And I know this doesn't apply to everybody. I definitely have friends who are like, I am not getting dressed. I'm not putting on my makeup. And, you know, fine, fine. But for me, if I get up, take my walk, do some kind of movement, take a shower and put on an outfit that I love, something I can wear in conference calls, but that's comfortable and makes me feel good. And I do my makeup and I put on my jewelry, even if I don't ever leave the house, my mental state is immediately more inspired, um, more elevated. I just feel better about myself when I get my physical self ready. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. And you know, what's funny is my whole life, I grew up with my grandparents for a lot of years and my grandmother was a homemaker and, you know, she, I mean, I say homemaker cause she did everything. My, my granddad ran the store. My mom did everything else, but every day she put on her makeup, her jewelry, she wore heels, like the whole nine yards. And I was a tomboy and I did not understand it. And now fast forward to a 40 year old woman in a pandemic that's at home every single day. I'm like, I got to get up and get dressed and put on my makeup and feel good about myself. And I mean, my hair right now is out of control and I don't like it at all. But when I do a little something to it, I feel like 90% better about myself. And on those days where I do do that and I, try to, for the most part, I slack off on the weekends, but who doesn't? Um, but when I do get dressed and I do put on my makeup and I do the things you said, um, I find that those days are the days that I'm more creative. I get more accomplished and I'm actually a lot softer with my kids, which sounds crazy, but I think it has to do with just my over overall confidence in the day and how I feel about myself. It just bleeds over to them. And just like before you and I were going to get on this podcast, um, I had been to the beach and we looked, I looked scruffy like a beach day. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to just freshen up a little bit. So I actually have a nice shirt on. I got shorts on down here, but I got a nice shirt on and my makeup's done. And it made me feel better just even coming to see you. And I feel like I, I'm better with my conversation just because of that. 
Yes, it is just transformative, isn't it, to your mental state? And it can help you transition too. Like you were at the beach all day with the kids and then transitioning into doing something more professional, changing what you're wearing, getting your body in water in the shower. It helps you transition from mom Misty to professional Misty. Yes. Right? I know one of my favorite memories of my mom was that she would put on red lipstick all the time. You know, and just Sassy. put on red lipstick and like fluff her hair. And it would just immediately, I could tell it was brightening her from the inside out to do that. So it's yeah, funny how we, we saw that, but we never understood it until right. now. And here we are understanding it. And our, our kids probably think we're nuts. <laughs> Mom, why do you have big, bright red lipstick on in the middle of the day? My girls are little and they think it's awesome. So yeah, <laughs> if you like, want to wow your kids, nice. put some lipstick on randomly. I know it's, it's the little things. It takes very little to wow them. <laughs> right. Agree. So how do you take breaks? How do you take breaks? And then how do you get your girls to take breaks when they're in front of the computer for an extended period of time? Timers. Timers are your friends. Timers with expectations, right? So, I mean, it's that simple. And we discussed it in our circle time in the first day of school. When the timer goes off for this, we're done with math. We'll move into mindfulness. When we're done with mindfulness, we'll move into language arts. And they just flow with that. But I have tried it without timers or expectations. They constantly ask me what's next. They're climbing all over each other. It's just literally if they can see it or you tell them and then you follow through with your plan and keep it exactly on the time that it's supposed to be, kids are, kids are way easier than adults. <laughs> um, but myself personally, when, I'm, when it's just me and I want to do work for myself, I try to work in 20-minute incre- increments, take a five-minute break, and then go back for 20 minutes, take a five-minute break. And then, however, usually that's about as long as I get to work in a normal span of time around here. But I do believe in like chunks, but then kind of the five minutes. And the five minutes is either me, is, is usually me standing up, walking outside, going to check on people, getting some water, that sort of thing. I think that's great. It's, again, another example of a boundary of setting the timer saying this is what we're doing or this is what I'm doing for the next 20 to 30 minutes and notifications on phones go off you know any any distraction goes away and you just sit and do that thing and your brain knowing there's a 20 minute limit on it it creates a lot of safety that that boundary creates a lot of safety for your brain to then be like okay I'm good this is what I'm doing for 20 minutes there's an end here we go So I think the, I love the idea of getting up for five minute breaks. I think it's crucial to take brain breaks often. And this is whether you're working at home or you're going back to work in the office. This applies to everybody. It's like the idea of adult recess. (laughs) So our mindfulness practice for today, I'm going to lead you through the simple instructions for a walking meditation. And with all of these practices, they're not hard and fast rules. They may look different depending on what you remember and where you are, but just take this general guide and a few times a day, get up out of your seat 
whether you're teaching homeschool to kids, you can do this with kids or you're working for your job, get up out of your seat and you could walk around your house a little bit or better yet, open the door and walk down the street. This is like a three to five minute exercise. As much as you can change your environment, do that. So ideally probably getting outside. And then mindful walking is walking slowly. So walking normally is a habitual action we take. We do not have to think at all about walking, most of us. And so mindful walking is walking slowly and really feeling each step. It's stepping on the heel, the ball, and then the toes of the foot. And then heel, ball, toes, almost like you're rolling on the foot with each step. And so you walk slow enough to feel the ground and to notice your breath, but it's also enlivening your senses. And so as you walk slowly and mindfully, look around at what you see, pay attention to what you hear in your surroundings. If it's warm or if it's cool outside, notice what you feel on your skin. Is your body temperature heating up or are you getting kind of cool? And so it's really just noticing your surroundings, walking slowly, noticing foot on ground, and breathing while you go. It sounds simple, but there's kind of a lot going on when you do that. And most importantly, leave the phone behind, leave the headphones behind. It's not the time to learn something new or catch up on the news or listen to a podcast, but really completely disconnect from technology and get yourself in a different environment that you've been in. And you will leave, you will return to your desk feeling like a new person. Can we go for a walk now? <laughs> I would love to. I'd love to take a virtual walk with you, but then we would have our devices with us. And that's I what know. I'm about. I know. Well, that was wonderful. I can't wait to go for a walking meditation soon. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, my friend, as always. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.